1: you're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
2: Good evening, and thanks for joining us. Those stories in just a moment. But first, breaking details tonight of a fatal float plane crash north of Pemberton with three people on board.
3: Local boats apparently rushed in trying to help rescue the victims. Victoria's Joint Rescue Coordination Center was notified of the emergency this afternoon. It happened on Tyotin Lake, about 65 kilometers north of Pemberton. Aircraft from 442 Squadron based in Comox responded, along with search and rescue paramedics and two air ambulances. RCMP confirmed one person has died. Another has been airlifted to hospital with serious, but so far non-life-threatening injuries, and they are still looking for a third person. The E-Division underwater recovery team is currently on their way to assist RCMP are working on getting in touch with the families of those involved. As soon as we get more details, we'll pass them on to you.
2: Now to growing warnings tonight about a number of beaches around Metro Vancouver.
3: That's right. Swimming is not recommended right now due to a high level of bacteria in the water. Nadia Stewart joins us from Trout Lake with more on the alert and what's causing it. Nadia.
4: E. coli, Chris, and rising levels of the bacteria at metro metro area beaches. Trout Lake is among the list of restricted sites, and even more sites were added to the list today. The beach at Ambleside Park now off limits to swimmers, joining a growing list of Metro Vancouver beaches where E. coli levels are on the rise.
5: Yeah, it's no good for
6: everybody, everyone. No more swimming, no more summer. What's going on?
4: From May to September, Metro Vancouver tests for water quality at 40 locations across the region. In recent weeks, E. coli levels have been climbing, now reaching the point where six beaches have been shut down. E. coli can come from human sources, but it also can come from animal sources in the environment, and so uh, we, we can't tell the difference. Um,
7: we haven't had reports of any problems with the sewer systems or, or anything like that, so uh, basically we shut the beach out of uh, precaution.
4: Trout Lake, Kitts Beach and Sunset Beach have been closed since Saturday. Beaches at Whitecliff, Sandy Cove and Ambleside Park were closed Wednesday. It's unclear when they will reopen. For those who frequent these sandy spaces, it's a troubling turn of events right in the middle of summer. I've always had concerns. I know it's an issue in our region and we do have a major community issue with keeping our oceans clean and vital. So it is concerning. E. coli warnings are not unusual in the metro area at this time of year, especially in waterways facing heavy use and high traffic it's natural that this stuff ends up in the water. It's just what happens when there's lots of activities happening
7: in an urban environment where we're trying to use water uh, for transport of people, for transport of goods, for uh, recreation, for, for all kinds of reasons that we sometimes get into these
8: conflicts.
4: the water is tested regularly, so this is a fluid situation, if you'll pardon the pun. Results should be back uh, tomorrow for the latest test, so keep a look on the Metro Vancouver's website for any updates. Back to you.
3: Let's hope it improves soon. Thanks, Nadia.
4: Today's cooler
2: temperature is a welcome break from the heat for many people but as you can see the fire danger remains a uh, fire danger rating remains high to extreme for much of the province. There are currently 368 wildfires burning around BC. Eighty-six new fires today, the bulk of those caused by lightning. And there are ten fires of note which are highly visible or pose a potential threat to public safety. The most concerning of those fires right now is the Snowy Mountain Fire. That one is burning south of Karameas at more than 6,000 hectares and 0% contained. It has nearly 900 property owners on evacuation alert. Shelby Tom has more on the fight and the biggest threat to the town.
9: The Snowy Mountain wildfire has exploded in size over the past 24 hours. The vigorous surface fire burning between Karameas and Causton is now mapped at 60 square kilometers. An evacuation alert has been expanded to include more than 800 area homes. The mayor says the greatest threat to the community is flying embers.
5: They could ignite some dry fuel that is around houses.
9: You can see behind me just how far this wildfire has crept down the hillside. It's burning in steep and forested terrain. Difficult to access from the ground, but crews have been hitting it hard all day from the air. On this side, you can see just how close this wildfire is burning to rural homes along Highway 3 in Causton. A resident here says he'll do whatever it takes to protect his home.
10: If it gets to be really bad, I'm going to stay here and fight it,
6: you know, like... I'm not leaving, this is all I have.
9: Wind gusts of 50 kilometers an hour whipped up the flames on Tuesday, but the BC Wildfire Service says the winds are calmer now.
2: Though so those gusts could kick up later in the afternoon with daytime heating and, and potential thunderstorm development.
9: This lightning-caused fire had been burning at high elevation in the snowy mountain protected area for two weeks. The B.C. Wildfire Service says it let it burn at the request of a land manager as fire is a natural part of the ecosystem.
11: However, given the sustained heat waves we had across southern B.C. and the stronger winds, moving the fire towards communities, we are now
5: responding with full suppression activities.
9: Impacted residents hoping Mother Nature will give them a break. Probably the worst uh case scenario is maybe having, to, having the wind change a lot. Shelby Tom, Global News.
3: Fire crews rushed back to the scene of a house fire that destroyed a home in East Vancouver two months ago. A new fire sparked up today in the rubble of a home destroyed on Pryor Street near the eastern end of the Georgia Viaduct at the end of May. Crews and neighbors say the debris has posed a danger sitting around for far too long. Could have been cleaned up pretty much immediately. The fact that it's still sitting
6: here for uh, that length of time for the possibility of this happening seems a little excessive. Is why aren't there more uh, enforcement? If the bylaw isn't strong enough, then strengthen it. And if the enforcement isn't there, what good is the bylaw to have the uh, the rubble cleaned up in a timely manner? Because the smoke is bad for everyone. It's bad for the restaurant business around here.
3: Still no word on what caused the latest fire. Investigators now trying to find the owner and get an order to have the debris cleaned up.
2: ICBC has received hundreds of claims related to a serious spill on the highway through trail. Drivers unaware that what they were traveling through was sulfuric acid. Ted Chernecki has more on where the acid came from and the severity of the damage.
1: This could be number 344. As of yesterday, ICBC says it had 343 claims relating to two sulfuric acid spills near trail in a six-week span. The first on April 10th, the second on May 24th, when 80 liters spilled because of a failed gasket. But many of the vehicle owners who drove through that wet patch on the highway are only now realizing the
3: damage. So If you look under here on the frame, like any of these metal pieces, they look like white spots on it. And there's lots of rust that you know... It's like everything's eaten off, all the undercoating's being eaten.
1: Ian McLeod started noticing the brakes on his Dodge Ram truck were getting soft. Like many of the ICBC claims, you can see the sulfuric acid eating away the underside of his vehicle. I've got appointments with ICBC
3: on my truck and my private insurer on the motorcycles, so it could be all three of my vehicles that are affected by this. In a statement,
1: ICBC says most, if not all, vehicles may be write-offs. But what ICBC is paying policyholders is in many cases still leaving them further in debt.
7: $40,000
1: in debt more. Management at the Tech Smelter say they've been working closely with IRM, International Raw Materials, who is responsible for the sulfuric acid, to review their transportation arrangements. Westcan Bulk, the trucking company hired by IRM, has been suspended until further notice.
12: And we're worried that we're not going to get fair market value on her truck or have a hard time replacing it.
1: Among the growing list of claims are two vehicles owned by Kootenai Boundary Fire and Rescue. One is a 2016 command vehicle, the other a brand new $800,000 frontline fire engine that only went into service last August. If it's deemed a write-off, it could take 12 and a half months for a replacement. Ted Cheneke, Global News.
3: Dozens of pipeline protesters undeterred by jail terms turning out again this morning at Kinder Morgan's worksite in Burnaby.
8: At this time, we're going to enforce the injunction, so if anybody's a witness, just please clear off the roadway here.
3: Two protesters ended up in custody for blocking access to the Westridge Marine Terminal. Close to two dozen RCMP officers were on hand to monitor the 50 or so demonstrators who had gathered around 8 o'clock this morning. The arrest come just a day after jail sentences were handed down to two women who were also protesting the pipeline expansion.
4: I see grandmothers and elders and indigenous people uh, getting arrested. That doesn't deter me. That tells me that I need to wake up and that, um, yeah, somebody's grandma gets arrested. It's time for me to take a chair beside them. When I heard
1: about um, this older woman getting jail time, that's when I decided to... Uh, to sacrifice myself as well um, because it makes me angry that ordinary citizens, not people who are normally criminals, uh, but just ordinary people are are suffering like this uh, just so Trudeau can break his
12: promise.
2: Police are investigating a tragic accident in Victoria. Early this morning, a man was killed, crushed in a garbage truck. Kylie Stanton has more on what's believed to have happened.
3: I witnessed the uh, driver up on the cab, listening into the box of the the garbage truck.
0: It's where a man found himself early this morning, trapped inside and near death.
3: They had done the compacting and had already called the emergency vehicles.
0: Police fire and ambulance rushed to the scene just after 6 a.m., using a ladder to gain access to the victim, trying to extract him after being crushed.
3: They tried to resuscitate him on top of the truck, Uh, brought him down the side of the truck, tried some more, and then just put him in the ambulance.
7: But sometime between that and the hospital, he uh, appears to have succumbed to his injuries. Uh, He was, I believe he was pronounced dead
6: at the hospital.
0: Now police are investigating what led up to the tragic event. It's believed the man was either dumpster diving or sleeping in one of the containers here when it was picked up and emptied. The truck traveled another block or so to this location before the driver realized what had happened. In a statement, the City of Victoria said the city does not regulate the collection of waste by commercial operators, and as such, there are no bylaw regulations that require bins to be locked or secured.
8: I mean, it's fully understandable how people can congregate around dumpsters because there's a sense of security having a place that you can, you know, sort of hide behind and things like that. But um, it's heartbreaking to to have somebody um, end up dying from that.
0: It's not yet clear if the victim was a member of the street community, but if so, our place, that neighbours the lot where he was picked up, did have about a dozen shelter beds available.
8: But a lot of people don't feel comfortable, and that's why you'll see a lot of people hiding behind dumpsters or are out in the woods. You know, they segregate themselves, and it really is heartbreaking.
0: Now, we spoke with the district manager of Progressive Waste Solutions. He did not want to appear on camera, but did say the company is fully cooperating with the investigation. As for the driver involved in this incident, he says he's traumatized.
3: I feel for him. That's a rough day at work.
12: It's a rough day at work.
0: While police have identified the man, they're not releasing his name until his next of kin is notified. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria.
3: Well, just when you thought the story about a scofflaw North Vancouver homeowner couldn't get any stranger, new developments push it to a whole new level. She rents her townhome out as a 15-bed hostel, ignoring both city and strata bylaws. And tonight, a former tenant is coming forward with his shocking experience.
5: And as John Wall reports, that's not all we've learned about the owner. He remembers walking through here for the first time thinking it was a tenant's dream.
3: So to find a place in central Lonsdale in this area, absolutely, I felt like I lucked out.
5: But Sean, who asked to have his identity concealed in fear of being blacklisted in a tight rental market, says his time at the Oasis house was horrifying from the start.
6: I'm stepping over people. I'm trying to, like, move my things in, and I was just like, oh my goodness, like,
3: this is a mistake.
5: The former tenant says he signed a three-month lease starting in January of 2017, not knowing the rest of this North Vancouver townhouse was being used as a hostel. Twenty-something people, uh, airbnb being the place out. It was an absolute zoo. There was people everywhere. Despite advertising 15 beds online, Yu says she's never housed that many guests. About 13. While her hostel violates both strata and city bylaws, Yu just doesn't see it that way. I do not do anything wrong. I offer services on the good purpose. Yu's services as a financial planner are also under the microscope, facing allegations of unauthorized trades, using pre-signed forms, and falsifying client signatures.
13: There are alleged breaches of the the rules and requirements, and it's a matter that we'll bring forward to to a hearing panel.
5: I deny all of those because this is another type of rumour. Those alleged rumours placing some pressure on the Liberal Party of Canada, where you as a volunteer policy chair for its North Vancouver Association. They asked me to resign. I told them no. When it comes to the Oasis House, this former tenant says it's time for the authorities to say no. It was a completely un- unsafe situation. People will get hurt. Sean says after only two months, it was time to move out. Worst place I've ever stayed in, without a doubt. There's no, no question. Now he's worried what he called a dangerous living situation a year and a half ago will soon end in disaster. John Hua, Global News.
3: Right now, though, the federal government has chosen the new technology to determine if someone is driving under the influence of weed once cannabis is legalized.
2: But as Aaron MacArthur reports, critics say there are a lot of unanswered questions about the device and whether it will work in Canada.
13: Precise, reliable results on the spot. It looks like a Keurig coffee maker. But this is the future of roadside marijuana testing in Canada called the Draeger 5000, it will be approved for use starting this fall. If police suspect someone of impaired driving due to cannabis, drivers will have to provide a saliva sample. Lawyers have major issues with how this device is being rolled out and how it will be used.
11: These kinds of devices don't indicate the level of impairment um, of the subject. Instead, all they do is test for the presence of drugs in the body.
13: The federal government launched a pilot project to determine the accuracy of saliva testing units. This German device was never included in that study and may have serious flaws operating in temperatures below five degrees Celsius. Police department's may not be ready to roll this out by legalization in October.
11: There is going to be certainly many challenges to this legislative scheme once it's enacted, and I do expect that whatever device is approved will be vigorously challenged in court.
13: In places where marijuana is legal, studies have shown there is correlation between fatalities and the presence of THC in the bloodstream, but nothing to indicate there's been a spike in impaired driving. Mostly because there just isn't a good enough test yet.
8: Scientifically, though, the real problem uh, is that the science has yet to determine a test for cannabis intoxication.
13: The government of Canada has set aside more than $80 million to roll out approved screening devices. The Draeger 5000 will be able to test drivers for THC and other narcotics consumed in the previous six hours. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. If getting to
3: the liquor store is too much of a challenge for you, Uber Eats is the latest to offer a solution for customers in select areas. As of noon today, they'll deliver local craft beer, BC wine, and other liquor. But you'll have to prove to the delivery person that the customer is of legal drinking age and not intoxicated before they hand the alcohol over. There are other restrictions too, so check the app. The service is available in Vancouver, Burnaby, Richmond and New Westminster right now. Uber Eats is planning to expand to the rest of Metro Vancouver as well as the Capital Region in the coming weeks.
2: Monday's two major accidents on the Coquihalla Highway, one of them fatal, raise new concerns about the safety of that route.
3: Some still say the 120 kilometer an hour speed limit instituted four years ago is too high for safety. Catherine Urquhart reports.
12: On Monday, two major crashes happened on the Coquihalla Highway. As always, paramedics were faced with the devastating results, including a fatality. The week before, they dealt with two other serious major crashes on the Coquihalla. Now
13: they're speaking out. More serious type of accidents over the last couple of years involving either tractor-trailers or large transport trucks as well as buses with lots of people on them. Our paramedics uh, have noticed an increase in response to those types of of accidents.
12: Crashes can involve many factors, but in 2014, the B.C. government did raise the speed limit on a section of the Coquihalla from 110 to 120 kilometres an hour transportation ministry statistics show the year before the speed limits changed there were 129 crashes the latest numbers given to global news show that in 2016 after the limit was raised there were 159 crashes an increase of 23 percent i think
10: it's
13: too much they shouldn't be at 120 they got it set at 120 but everybody does 140
6: uh, in certain conditions i agree with it it's fine by me I don't have a problem with going 120.
12: The province is now in the process of reviewing the past three years' worth of data since the speed limit was raised. Those results are expected this fall. How important do you think it is for people to slow down?
13: It's critically important. Uh, The time it takes for you to recognize, react and stop a vehicle is dramatically increased with the increase in speed.
12: With the long weekend approaching, B.C.'s ambulance paramedics fear there could be more carnage. They're encouraging motorists to slow down and to be extremely cautious when approaching a crash scene. Katherine Arcart, Global News.
3: The Better Business Bureau is warning tonight about a new twist on an old scam.
2: Andrea is here with a warning for contractors.
14: and That's right, Sophie. It's called the overpayment scam where fraudsters get their victims to refund a scammer who has sent you too much money using a fake check or stolen credit card. That's what the Better Business Bureau suspects happened to a lower mainline contractor who almost fell victim to the scheme designed to trick businesses out of thousands of dollars.
13: That's probably how I kind of fell for it a little bit, just because, you know, I'm busy working, I'm in the middle of something, and then I'm like, oh, cool, another job.
14: At first, Wilson Lynn thought it would be his big break.
13: This is like a dream come true.
14: A potential customer looking for a contractor like Wilson to do some major renovations on a newly purchased home.
13: Well, I was pumped because, like, he even, like, complimented our work. He said he took a look on our website and was like, you guys seem like the right fit.
14: He was a fraudster, even telling Wilson he found him on the Better Business Bureau website. So Wilson and the alleged scammer exchanged emails back and forth about the type of work to be done. He even gave Wilson the address to this property in Vancouver, stating, I will make a deposit with my credit card once you get me an estimate, so you can proceed working on my property before I get back to town. Wilson was suspicious.
13: He said he was willing to put down a deposit on his credit card. Um, without even coming to our office and just, you know, seeing us and seeing what he's about.
14: So Wilson did his homework going one step further and contacted the real estate agent who allegedly sold the house that was supposed to be renovated.
13: He told me no one's even made an offer yet on the on that place so then that was like okay well that's probably the biggest giveaway that this is not real wilson reported the incident to the better
14: business bureau who believes wilson was the target of the overpayment scam a well-known tactic used by fraudsters
10: so they're trying to move money around they're trying to get you to deposit a fake check and then um withdraw a certain amount and send that off to another vendor it appears that's what was going on here
14: Red flags to look for to avoid falling victim to this scam. The potential customer claims to be out of town and can't meet in person. The client claims to have paid too much. The client only wants to communicate via email or text messaging. Luckily for Wilson, he trusted his instincts and dropped all contact with the alleged scam artist. Now, if you're a small business owner, the Better Business Bureau also recommends researching a prospective client carefully before agreeing to do any work. Ask for personal references and request proof the potential client actually owns the property scheduled for the work. And if you have a consumer issue for me, you can reach me through my email address at consumermatters@globalnews.ca.
2: Video taken by a passenger shows the chaos and panic as an Aeromexico jet tries to take off in a storm and crashes back to Earth. As more video and pictures emerge from the crash, the fact that no one was killed becomes all the more remarkable.
3: Passengers are talking about the miracle of their survival
10: as investigators try to figure out what went wrong. Cell phone video captures the moment Aeromexico flight 2431 begins its takeoff roll down the runway, the weather outside growing worse by the second. Suddenly, just as the plane begins to lift, it's violently slammed back down to the ground. Skidding off the runway into the desert, frantic passengers stepping over each other to escape the burning plane. Ramin Parsa took the video. People are screaming, and I was praying. I was praying to the nombre of Jesus, the nombre Jesus, so Jesus saved our lives. Firefighters rushed to the scene as passengers and crew jumped down the emergency escape chutes.
7: The cabin just started filling with black smoke. Uh, at that point, uh, what we wanted to do was we wanted to
11: try to find the, the
10: nearest exit. Also on the plane, Father Ezequiel Sanchez from Illinois and 15 friends celebrating his birthday.
1: Yes, I do think it was a miracle.
10: Father Sanchez now being treated for multiple arm fractures. We spoke to him by Skype from his hospital room.
1: If the plane was traveling a little faster before it hit the embankment or flew a little higher, I don't think we would have walked out with all of us intact.
10: In all, 49 people hospitalized, including the pilot and a passenger, both in critical but stable condition. The regional jet, an Embraer 190, was departing from Durango in northwest Mexico for Mexico City, just as the weather suddenly turned violent, rain, high winds, and hail. U.S. aviation sources say the plane may have been hit by a microburst rolling across the airfield. Had it been any higher than 50 to 70 feet off the ground, there could have been fatalities. Still, it's the latest in a string of plane crashes in which everyone has gotten out alive. From an Air France crash in Toronto to a continental crash in Denver, a British Airways crash in London, a devastating fire in Las Vegas, to a fire on an American plane in Chicago, now Durango, Mexico. The big concern, though,
7: as with all these other accidents that are survivable, people are still taking carry-on luggage with them. You've got to leave it behind. Your life is more important than your carry-on baggage.
3: An Alberta woman has begun a cross-country cycling tour to raise money for the Children's Wish Foundation, and her inspiration is a courageous young man. (laughs) Shannon Berkman will spend the next 45 days or so riding across Canada to raise money to fulfill the wish of three-year-old Cashton who is living with polymicrogyria and spastic quadriplegia. His favorite things are Elmo and swimming, and so the foundation is sending him to a Sesame Street resort in Jamaica.
9: He'll get lunch and stories and everything with Elmo. And he'll get to swim in the beach, in the ocean, because swimming for him is is awesome because it takes the tension off the muscles.
2: The B.C. government says its stroke awareness campaign is saving lives, and so it's expanding the program.
4: I, know, I think he's having a stroke. I think my dad is having a stroke. Tim, what's going on, baby?
2: The government says ads like this have made British Columbians more aware of the signs of stroke and what to do. The province is spending $1.5 million to continue the FAST campaign. That stands for... Face, is it drooping? Arms, can you raise both of them? Speech, is it slurred or jumbled? And time to call 911. The public education campaign will be expanded to more media and more fast decals, and posters will be on ambulances and in public places.
3: Glad to see it's working. Mm -hmm. You're watching Global
2: News Hour at 6. A
3: spectacular new pedestrian bridge that's already an iconic tourist attraction coming up right after the forecast.
2: That is quite something. It is. Alright, let's check out that forecast with meteorologist Yvonne Schell down at English Bay where it will be a lovely night and a little bit uh, cooler for the fireworks.
11: Yes, and we're just by the water here at English Bay, and there's a bit of a breeze, so it's very comfortable. If you are planning on coming down, the fireworks works will kick off this evening at 10 p.m., and tonight they'll be featuring Sweden, and new this year, the theme will be love. We'll have more on that what you can expect in just a moment, but let's get to the forecast, and here's a shot of the tower cam overlooking English Bay this evening, where it is spectacular. Uh, temperatures today have been much more comfortable in comparison to the heat, wave, the heat wave that we've been seeing over the past few days. We're sitting at 21 out of the airport southeasterly wind at 17 kilometers per hour close to the water today we were at 22 degrees and away from the water was up to 25 and 26 so most areas seeing it five degrees cooler in comparison to yesterday and the last few days highs up to 34 today for areas near Kelowna Prince George at 25 the Tofino today climbed up to 16 degrees and Victoria up to 20 it's we love water Wednesday and we've got a tip for you today and this is from Metro Vancouver which is to walk. Water vegetable gardens in the morning, near the roots and by hand. Water deeply but less often to encourage strong, deep roots. If you'd like to send us in your tips, do so using the hashtag on Twitter at WeLoveWater and check out more water saving tips at WeLoveWater.ca. Back to the forecast, we are still tracking very active weather for this evening and that's across the central interior. The red, that's for the South Thompson where we are still seeing a severe thunderstorm warning that is in effect. The following areas in yellow, a severe thunderstorm. Watch with the risk of thunderstorms, we could see very heavy rain, gusty winds and the potential to see hail. Lots of lightning strikes have been the big weather story across the interior today and we'll see a similar weather picture for tomorrow. The fire danger rating still at moderate for most areas. And the following in white is where we are looking at the areas that have seen lightning today. Here's the upper level chart, putting it into play. The instability is tomorrow and Friday where we could see the chance of showers and we're tracking more cloud cover, but it rebounds just in time for the long weekend with the return for sunshine Sunday, Monday. Northern half of the province, Prince Rupert at 14 degrees. Risk of a thunderstorm will be across the central interior. Most of the southern interior also seeing the risk of a thunderstorm tomorrow. An increase in cloud cover, but the chance of showers Across Metro Vancouver should be rolling in as we approach the evening hours and then it's Sunday and leading in towards the Monday that we'll see some sunny breaks all right it's beautiful down here at English Bay this evening if you're planning on heading out to the fireworks we've got executive producer Paul Tell us about the evening and what we can expect.
15: Well, tonight is a special night. Of course, we've got Team Sweden doing their interpretation of our theme, Love, uh, which will be at 10 o'clock, but it's 6.45, so coming up shortly, we've got the uh, Red Bull Air Force coming out, and these are guys who bail out of helicopters in bat suits and do aerobatic tricks and flips and landing in the water here at English Bay. And then following shortly behind that at 7 o'clock, we've got the Canadian Snowboards coming by doing their first performance in uh, Metro Vancouver in over 13 years.
11: Yeah, it's been jam-packed. We also wanted to mention new this year. If you want to head over to Second Beach, is it Second Beach or to the beach? Uh, We've got a few other venues to check out, and this is something to keep in mind for Saturday.
15: That's right, yeah. It was new last year, but the park stage at Second Beach has been a real hit. It's a super family-friendly area. That's a great place for kids to run around. Parents can enjoy a, a drink of their choice, listen to some great music eat some food off the food trucks. It's a really, really nice atmosphere. It all wraps up over there at 9 o'clock, and then you've got lots of time to come on over to English Bay for the big show.
11: Excellent. Well, we're looking forward to Sweden tonight to hit the skies. And once again, if you want to check it out, thanks, Paul, so much. You're welcome. you can come on down at 10 o'clock, and you'll want to come early because it is starting to get very busy here this evening. Guys?
2: As it always is. All right. Thanks very much, Yvonne. Enjoy the show.
3: You bet. All right, a spectacular new bridge has already become a major tourist attraction in Vietnam.
2: The pedestrian bridge is located at the Bana Hill Resorts in central Vietnam. It's nearly a thousand meters above sea level and offers unobstructed views of the mountain landscape. But it is the giant hands getting the most attention. Artificially aged to make them look like they're centuries old. The architect says they're meant to look like the hands of God pulling a strip of gold out of the land.
3: And if you've ever wondered what's really at the end of the rainbow, speaking of the hand of God, you're about to find out, and frankly, it's a bit of a letdown. (laughs) A news crew in Pennsylvania started rolling when they realized they were driving towards a rainbow, and remarkably, a few minutes later, they actually drove right through the end of it.
2: Oh, there it
3: is. Where they found rain. No pot of gold anywhere.
2: Someone must have gotten to it before them. Because there is a pot
7: (laughs) of gold.
3: Still a believer.
2: The leprechaun said. There's
7: some leprechaun running through the woods.
3: What are you doing over there? I change it up. We have a we have a camera down in the studio. This isn't permanent.
7: No, I feel weird being on this side.
2: He wants to see what his. I don't like it. I do.
3: Yeah, it's. Okay, Squire is here, and uh, a lot of people will be watching our hometown boy at the MLS All-Star Game.
7: Yes, well, uh, it's in Atlanta, and the MLS All-Stars are up against Juventus tonight. Uh, Alfonso Davies is there. He's repping the White Caps, but he was not in the starting lineup, which the White Caps were quite okay with. They didn't want him to play too much in this game because they need him to be ready for league games. But he did sub in in the 32nd minute. And here is the best thing he did. Watch the speed here. <laughs> Juventus almost had to tackle him to stop him. Finally, they committed a foul to cut down. And take one more look. Watch this one guy. He stop. Yeah. You might see him in Champions League one day for Bayern Munich. One-one uh, late in the second half. All stars and Juventus. Okay. There could be a new dynamic duo for the BC Lions defense, now that defensive lineman Sean Lemon is here. They acquired him from Toronto last week. Now, he's been around the CFL. In fact, BC, I think, will be a sixth team, but being with the Lions links him up with Odell Willis, and they instantly have become the men to call when you need a sack.
6: Can we talk about the 9-1-1 combination? Uh, just a little something we could have fun with. It happened kind of naturally, and then we just went with it.
3: You know, paramedics type of theme for paramedics theme for the offensive tackles that is. Call your offensive coach. <laughs> tell them, call your offensive coach. Tell him, hey, you better check the scout report. Nine one one. We on the way. On the way. Oh, I like that.
0: Finally, you guys did something creative. Nine one one. I like that. It's almost as good as one hundred,
9: right?
6: The 100 Wally's referring to is the Lions' former deadly duo of Solomon Elamimian and Adam Bighill. If Sean Lemon and Odell Willis can bring half the magic from the left and right ends, it makes BC's defense instantly better and helps pump up a unit that's allowed the third most points of any CFL team. What can you guys bring coming off the ends?
3: A lot of a lot of tenacity, you know, and just a lot of pressure. I mean, that's what this league about. Quarterback, O lineman, and D lineman. I mean. You find receivers and DBs off the street anywhere, but it's you know it's hard to just go find any old lineman or any D-lineman to just go in there and play ball.
6: All about coming here and getting after the quarterback?
3: Uh, most definitely coming in, fitting into the defense, trying to add to the pieces. You're my good running mate here, so just trying to add to the pieces. That's it.
6: Pieces that will hopefully form a cohesive defensive unit. One that can put more pressure on the quarterback and one that will slow down the running game. Lines are last when it comes to defending the rush, allowing the opposition an average of 135 yards a game along the ground.
0: When you have a guy that can come off the edge, it helps. When you have two, uh, I think it makes it even better because you know the protection only can slide to one guy.
2: Nine one one. Call your nearest
3: offensive line coach or offensive coordinator. First responders on the way. <laughs> 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 woo, woo,
6: woo, woo.
7: Having fun. Last night in Kamloops at the uh, Summer Showcase, Quinn Hughes, who we talked about yesterday. This is his brother Jack setting him up for the winning goal against one of the Canadian teams. They kind of broke the teams up. Oh, yes, maybe, maybe, depending on what happens next year, these two might be Canucks, but we know Quinn Hughes is a Canuck when he signs, of course. All right. Uh, Akron, Ohio is important to many of the great sports icons in the 21st century. It's the birthplace of both LeBron James and Steph Curry, although James is more associated with it than Steph Curry is. It's also the home of Tiger Woods' favorite hunting ground, the Firestone Country Club, site of this week's Bridgestone Invitational. Tiger will play after the sixth-place finish at the Open Championship allowed him into this field, but it's the last time this tournament will be held in Akron. Next year, it goes to Memphis. So Tiger is glad he made it for the Firestone farewell.
13: I've always been a fan of this, this golf course you know, ever since I first played here in 97. And um, I've always enjoyed it. I remember playing here before. It was even the World Golf Championship, the World Series of golf. And so it's always been one of my favorite golf courses on, on the entire tour. It's a very simple, straightforward golf course, which you know we don't see very often anymore. You know, this is a... Away from the stadium golf that you know we seem to play a lot now on tour, and uh, I'm just excited to be here and to be able to play. But uh, as far as the future of this of you know this event, I know it, it has to move and has to go forward and off off to Memphis. But I've one of the reasons why I tried so hard to get in this event is because it uh, it does mean something special to me.
7: I'm not going to take credit for these numbers. The European tour did this, but this is Tiger at Firestone. Eight wins over the years, $10.8 won. But here's where it gets interesting. $207,800 for each round he has played there. $11,544 for each hole he has played there. And he's won $3,046 for every shot he has taken at the Firestone Country Club. There you go. We'll see if he can turn a corner. Maybe he will. If there's going to be any place he's going to win, it's going to be there. It's going to be there. All right. Thanks, Squire.
2: Thank you, Squire.
3: How many Canadian dollars are these worth? You can't even put a price on it. A nationwide manhunt is on in Sweden after a big money heist straight out of the movies.
2: Priceless crown jewels stolen by thieves who made their getaway on the water.
8: These are some of Sweden's crown jewels missing tonight. A manhunt underway for two 17th century crowns and a royal orb. The daring heist in daylight happened Tuesday at a cathedral near the capital. Like a casino from the Italian job, the robbers escaping by speedboat. I saw the boat was there, a white little boat with an outboard motor on the back. The two men hurriedly jumped on board and it sped off in that direction. Forensic officers searching for clues. One thief thought to have arrived on a bike. The raid echoing a January robbery in Venice, caught on security camera, thieves brazenly making off with gems belonging to the Qatari royal collection. This time, questions surrounding how the unique and precious jewels can be sold. Tonight, it's being called a blow to the Swedish nation. Part of their cultural heritage, stolen in an audacious and stunning raid. Keir Simmons, NBC News.
2: Goodness, are they going to make, like... Earrings out of it?
7: I hope not. I always wonder when they steal, like, expensive art or anything like this, who are you selling it to on the black market? Like, who's... And how can that you person... you can't wear it
2: out, right? Well, yeah. I yeah. mean, if
7: you wear the crown, it's going to, hey, I think I saw that on <laughs> Global News. You're going to stand out. Yeah. If you put the thing You bring on. in your orb and scepter to the bar, people are going to know something's up. That's It's also right.
2: a bit showy to do that, to bring the orb and scepter into a bar.
7: It, it is. is. But you know what? You'd be the topic of conversation. You have a lot of <laughs> people around <laughs> you, you know? Big show going
3: down in English Bay tonight. That is the fireworks. Are you judging again?
2: I am.
7: Tonight, yeah,
3: awesome. And uh, Yvonne's down there as well. Don't go in the water.
11: I know, but it's very pleasant today, so it is much cooler. In just a few moments, the snowbirds are going to take the sky, and if you're planning on heading in down, Sweden will be taking the skies at 10 p.m. with the fireworks. Temperatures should be sitting at 19 around 10 p.m. this evening, and it's going to be a clear night, so fantastic. Soap will be down here, as we just mentioned, as one of the judges, and then on Saturday, to round things off, it'll be South Korea. Guys? Save me a
2: glass of wine, Yvonne. I'll be down in an hour
7: spot for viewing. You get, you get the you best be, seating, be, I do. Are, are judges allowed to drink while they're watching this?
2: Um, I'm not going to while I'm watching. <laughs> oh, I, I see. might be thirsty, right? You want to stay hydrated. <laughs> That's just, well, a good it.
3: point. <laughs> Thanks for watching, folks. Have a great night. night.